Hello, this is Abby. Dear Abby, this is gonna be a long one. Oh boy. Dear Abby, how do you tell the difference between a new exciting crush and a rebound? Does it matter? Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Welcome to our little corner of the internet. This is the Dear Abby podcast. I hope you stay and hang out with us. See you in a sec. Welcome back to Dear Abby. I need to stop clapping during my intros. I have a bad habit now of clapping. Also, why the heck is my camera being so weird? My camera is like glitching out right now, but hopefully everything's okay. We're stressed today because we're leaving tomorrow for Arizona. And so I have to jam pack a couple episodes in one day. I'm also just very, uh, I have a lot of brain fog recently, so it's hard for me to even think, let alone talk for two-ish hours and then edit. I'm praying that I will be able to say what I want to say today and make any sort of sense. Today's episode is going to be kind of all over the place, I'm not going to lie. So first, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Thanks for coming back for more. I think this is episode 20, you guys, so round of applause. Woohoo! Wow. Standing ovation. Episode 20, the big 2-0. And as maybe some of you saw on my Instagram, I just posted that I have hit over 50,000 downloads. I think we're at like 60 now, which is crazy. That's almost 100. I mean, halfway. I know, relax, but that's almost 100. As someone who's very analytical um, and who likes Excel sheets and calculating and stuff like that, I actually find it really fun to look at numbers, but I'm trying not to look at the numbers as like numbers, but to still just cognitively choose to see it as people. 60,000 times people have listened to my episodes. People, not 60,000 people, but 60,000 times. I don't know how many people that is. Already, I'm overwhelmed and grateful for the success, I guess, that I've already had. And I have to give credit to having a sister that already has a very successful podcast. And I acknowledge that I have, you know, uh, a bigger platform than most people do starting out. I won't forget where I came from, you know. I know I've come from somewhere where, I guess, because my sister has a successful podcast, I feel like I'm lucky, definitely. There's a piece of luck to it. But I also want to work really hard to keep the podcast going, make it bigger, more people hear about this, hear what I have to share about. And I have big hopes for this podcast. But at the same time, I don't really want to be a sellout. Not that I think other people are sellouts for doing this necessarily. I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. I just want to stay true to my message and what I want to say and to not get in over my head or get a big head if you know my podcast continues to do well. I want to stay humble. The ego already do be attacking. This is what I mean. I don't even know where I'm going with that. So what a great freaking start to the episode. I'm already thinking in my head what I should be packing for and I want to transition my mind, but my mind will not let me transition right now. But that's okay. Maybe give it another couple minutes and my mind will slowly get into podcasting mode. I can't compartmentalize that well. I am too emotional. Yeah, I'm already thinking about I have it to pack because we're leaving tomorrow and I'll be gone for like a week and a half. Well, not a week and a half, like a full week. My brother's coming home. I haven't seen him in two years. 
feels like longer. So that's freaking exciting. We won't have our whole family together because my other little brother's gone too. So not everyone will be together, sadly. But for those of you that don't know, I have four brothers and one sister. Chelsea's my only sister. And then I have two older brothers, two younger brothers. I love my family. They're everything to me. And I'm just excited to hang out with them all week and tease each other and tease my brother because he's going to be really weird because he's coming home from a church mission and they come back weird with weird vocabulary and we have to slap him out of it. Say, look, you're in the real world now to, Now again, you know, snap out of it. Life updates. Oh, I guess. Okay. This is what th today's episode I'm going into. I'm going into a couple of things, but I wanted to talk about why social media can feel so depleting and ways that we can get the most out of social media mindsets to have all that kind of stuff. I feel like this kind of has been on my mind a lot just because I actually do love, you know, TikTok and I don't love Instagram that much, but I also love Pinterest. Like those are my social medias that I really like. I like Instagram stories. I don't really like posts anymore. I don't know. It's just the, the world is changing when it comes to social media. And I, I kind of really hate the fact that that like social media is life and then real life outside of it is like an escape from the internet. I saw a video ironically about that and it kind of made me I I've just always thought about that and I don't know how to escape it but at the same time it's like sure and however many years they could look back and be like wow they were brainwashed and they're obsessed with iPhones or whatever if you were to go back however many years we'd be like what they were doing is freaking weird too but that's a reality so our reality is you know that is our reality we were born my generation specifically is the best generation, I think, because we had childhoods without phones, iPads, computers, really. And then when we got and I when I was in elementary school, then we had computers, I guess. So we would play computers and Xbox. But then it wasn't like you weren't consumed by it. But then when we got older into teenage years and high school, you know, you had Wii's, you had phones not necessarily iphones yet for my family specifically but some people had iphones i didn't get an iphone i don't think until i was like a junior or senior in high school or something and i had a very limited data plan so now it's like all these kids being born are already being born into a world that everything's on in the internet like everything is on the internet and that's not necessarily bad that's kind of what i wanted to talk about it's not bad it's not good it can be what you make it really i think just like everything in life. It is what it is and you can make it whatever you want to make it. Okay, so that's what I'm going to get into later. I'll go into more depth on that in a second. But I guess really quick life updates and a couple of our other um, small mental health, I don't know, kind of check-ins. I did an episode last week of kind of where I'm at with my OCD recovery. And ironically, the day that it was posted, I was like, this is the worst day I've had in a long time. <laughs> and so I felt like a fraud. But that's something that I feel like my OCD does a lot is like, well, you know, I hear stories of people going to psychiatric hospitals, and they have all these big dramatic stories, your story with whatever it is, even if it's not OCD, doesn't have to look like everyone else's story. If you have the same illness problem, whatever it is, it doesn't have to look the same in order for it to be just as valid of an experience. That's a real problem of mine as I compare a ton. I feel like that I get into my head and I'm like, oh, I'm not as recovered as I think I am. But I'm like, but I'm doing I instead of focusing on how I feel, 
I focus on what I'm doing. Am I working out? Am I having a balance in things as much as I can? How much am I in my head? How much do I let myself enjoy things? Am I going outside a lot? Am I going on walks? Am I doing things that cause anxiety and make me uncomfortable? If yes, then I'm doing pretty good at my recovery. And yes, I think there's probably some things that subconsciously I'm avoiding or if I got real with myself, which I tried to do a lot, I can be like, I need to push myself more in this way. Like personally, I feel like I can push myself in studying more religious texts, books, um, existential type of books or psychology just because it's uncomfortable for me to read. So I should read them. Those types of things I can do. Um, I don't think it's going to cause as much anxiety, but I think it just like sh- kind of stresses me out. I don't know. There's always small things that I can do to kind of stay on top of it. As far as the dramatics go with my recovery, I feel like I feel like it was pretty dramatic, which I guess I love a bit of drama in my life. Maybe God knows that, you know, I don't even know why I just said that. But as far as other life updates go, I just barely moved today, which is why it's also been a crazy day. Um, I'm only moving like 15 minutes away and then I'm moving again in a couple of months. So I'm staying with key. I'm staying with my boyfriend for a few weeks which my parents are not happy about. It's not going to be a long time. I was telling Keaton this the other day. I'm like, I just don't, not that there's any, no, you know what? I do think there's, there's something wrong with this for me personally. This is not what I want. I do not want to date someone for years and years and years and years. And you just can't commit to each other, even though you want to commit to each other and get married, have a family. I really want to be a mom and be a wife. And that doesn't look like quiet, submissive, yes, sir, woman to me. A mom and a wife, thanks to the examples that I have in my life, is you still have a life outside of being a mom and a wife. You still are an individual, but you have more responsibilities and you get to love more people. That's it. You know, in my head, I'm like, oh, that means more responsibility, which equals more confidence. And then also more people to love, which equals better connections, which equals more happiness. This this episode is unhinged. Basically, I just don't want to date him and live with him for forever. And then like we never take the next step because we're both too scared and blah, 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 blah. It's like we can never guarantee that it's going to work out and that we're both going to be happy for forever together, whatever. But it's like I'd rather just take the risk, you know, call me an idiot, but I still believe in love. If you don't, then that's a sad, sad life. We had um, a garage sale just a bunch of the girls that live here in um, Southern California. We had a garage sale. We sold a bunch of our clothes stuff. And I think we're going to do another one. So Orange County gals, you know, watch for Instagram to see when we're doing our next garage sale because we still have so much freaking stuff that we want to get rid of. The, I'm not kidding you guys. They were such good deals. It was really nice clothes that were worn probably once or twice that were selling for like five, ten dollars that were probably originally like $80. So great prices. Everything's in great condition. It was actually weirdly fun to do. As someone who has claimed themselves as an introvert, I feel like I'm actually more extroverted. I isolated myself for so long and I didn't feel worthy of like building connections. So now that I am trying to put myself out there and make friends and just feel like wanted again and feel 
let myself be loved. It's been very freeing and it was actually just really fun to just meet a bunch of girls and I helped just kind of run the sale a little bit and it was a good time. And I made some some extra cash, which is helpful for a girl in my position. I am just freaking, I'm chatty Kathy today. Call me Gabby Abby. Gabbing Abby. I actually was thinking about maybe that making that my name for the podcast was Gabby Abby. Like gabbing. Wait, is that what it is? Gabbing. Like gab gabbing away. Jabbing? Gabbing. I think it's Gabby. Like she's chatty Kathy. Okay. Two things on the mental health end that I wanted to touch on today that I've been thinking about a lot. I've just been thinking a lot about being imperfect the beauty in that. And I think there is such beauty in the struggle. I think sometimes I shame myself for things being so hard for me to do. Like number one, for me not to be a brat is very hard for me to do. And I have to try extra hard to not be a brat. And sometimes I hate myself for that. And I'm like, why are you such a freaking brat? Why can't you just be sweet and whatever? And then I'm like, No, I don't love being a brat, but I think that it's beautiful that that's my initial reaction and I have to work so hard based on what I believe in and who I want to be to become something that's different and to work extra hard to overcome certain habits and behaviors. And I think that's like there's such beauty in that struggle. Maybe that's just a way that I've kind of forced myself to cope with my imperfections, but that's better than you know, shaming and hating myself for things that are kind of out of my control initially. And I think that's all part of life and how God intended it to be. So if you're feeling extra down on yourself today and overwhelmed by things and never feeling good enough or whatever, you are good enough in the sense that it's part of the process. And It's beautiful that you're imperfect. It's beautiful that things are hard for you. If everything was just easy, then we wouldn't really grow and be as conscious and as aware as we are. But because we value connections, we value certain things and we have to work so hard at that and break down all of these things to become something different. That is so beautiful. And so just hold yourself in a little bit more compassion today and love and again that doesn't look like you know we hear both sides of the story of you're perfect don't change a thing or you're not perfect you need to change a bunch of stuff and I think it lies in between almost to where as of right now sometimes you just need to take a second and be like okay I think I'm okay right now and just for a moment to just let yourself be okay with where you're at But then never let that stop you from becoming something greater, becoming something that you're wanting to become and striving towards. And you know that will make you happier in the future. So it's just tricky, you know? Life is very complicated, um, but it can be very simple. So just be a little bit more kind to yourself and maybe try to slowly shift your perspective if you, you know, have a lot of self-loathing thought patterns to instead kind of flip it to even though it'll feel very uncomfortable to do so and not right because you're probably used to being extra hard on yourself but if that's getting you nowhere maybe try something different you know you're not perfect as you are but the imperfections you can still be loved in your imperfections it's beautiful truly 
I do think that God, whoever created you, thinks this exact same thing, loves you for your imperfections. And we just have to keep trying. My thoughts on that is to just give yourself and I'm talking to myself, honestly, with this. I need to give myself more space to be imperfect and to be like broken, quote unquote, because I do think that there's a beauty in recognizing your brokenness. There's just a big push on like healing and, you know, growing. And I think I got really consumed by that stuff a ton and it kind of confused me for a bit. And then I realized it's just really a mix of all of it life and there's not really one big answer and then it's like wow everything's fixed it's like even if you believe in certain things or you have values or whatever it's like it's still as hard and it still is I don't even know what I'm saying okay today's topic main topic is why social media can feel so depleting and here are my theories okay again I have no professional also just so anyone who's watching on YouTube this thing on my arm is not hickey this thing on my arm is from cupping. So it's like not a hickey. I don't want people to think that I have a hickey on my arm. I have it on the other ones. Look, I'll show you my entire back if needs be. You can kind of see the other ones on my back, but I got cupped and now I look like an octopus tried to capture me. So that's what my back looks like. Um, Here are my theories on why social media can feel very depleting. I think one, if it's your job, it can feel very depleting if you attach that to your emotional being <laughs> that makes sense if you can't compartmentalize and be like okay this is work I'm doing this for work and so if things come up that trigger you emotionally or that make you feel a certain way or that make you angry or sad or you cry or whatever, then you're going to be emotionally exhausted after being on TikTok or Instagram or whatever it is that you're looking at. Either you're doing research or whatever it is that you're doing, trying to find trends for your company, whatever. If you let yourself be emotionally attached to each video, then your brain is going to be so exhausted by the end of scrolling that you're going to be like, I'm so done with this. I'm done with, you know, I'm done. You're just going to be more emotionally depleted and you're not going to want to give anything to anything that's actually real around you because you've already used all your emotions on 10 videos of, I don't know, 10 videos of dogs meeting their owners after being lost. And then that goes from like a, to a political view that makes you angry. And then it goes to like freaking a random person on live dunking themselves in water every 10 likes or something freaking weird that doesn't make sense lives on tiktok don't even get me freaking started those things are weird that is a weird that's a weird place on the internet i've scrolled through the lives it takes me two seconds and i'm out i'm out of there that place is freaky freaky deaky maybe if you're getting very depleted i have to do this too because i'm trying to post more I guess just to get my podcast out there which is uncomfortable for me I don't really like it because I don't like doing showy things because I don't really actually believe that like that's the best thing for people even though that's what they'll watch but it still is like I don't know it's just weird to me I have to remind myself that it's not I don't have to get emotionally involved in every single video I click and 
to also just, I don't even know how to describe it other than detach from the video I'm watching. It's not dissociating. It's literally just detaching and being like, I don't have to react to this right now because I don't want my brain to be completely depleted emotionally after this and for me to be exhausted. So I'm just going to scroll and try to find trending things, not make judgments, not feel like I have to solve everything and make sure I have all of like, what do I think about this? What do I think about blah, 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 blah. I don't want to make that many decisions while I'm watching. So I have to literally be like, okay, I'm going to be on here for 20 minutes. I'm going to try to find three sounds and that's all I'm doing. So if I see a video that's not that, I'm not going to watch it and I'm going to scroll past it. Or if I'm watching it to see if I like the sound or something, that's all I'm doing. I'm not judging. I'm not like trying to analyze. I'm not trying to form an opinion on something or something weird. It's like, just watch it and move on. Whenever I get, <laughs> that's what, that's what goes on in my head. Every time I have to do any kind of work on social media, I have to like make myself switch gears completely in my head. And so I think that's one reason why people get depleted. The second is obviously the big one, which is comparison and feeling like you have to look what people's lives look like online. And if you're not, then you're weird or you're not normal or there's something wrong with you. Social media is all about, and everyone knows this, if you're past the age of like 18, I feel like, or probably even younger now because kids are like smart on the internet, smart about the internet, I should say, not smart on the internet, that would not be true, is everything is very, everything is all about clickbait and marketing. So it used to be more so just fun, whatever, whatever, and it can still be. But if you are someone that's already aware and analyzes and you can see how many things are being marketed to you, it can become very exhausting and you just are like, I'm done. Stop trying to sell me on stuff. I just want to be entertained and decompress for like 20 minutes. So that can also be depleting. So I just hate it because I think now that I'm, you know, I have a podcast and I tried to market stuff and be clickbaity. I'm like, I don't like that though. Like it just doesn't feel good to do it. And I don't know why, but I'd rather just have my podcast be chilled and laid back and not have like this energy that feels desperate for fame and success. So I think because so many people use clickbaity captions, sounds, uh, dopamine, 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 it's like, <laughs> your brain is exhausted by the end of scrolling because that's it works because it totally works and you get sucked into things and you have to know the end of a story you have to see the end of a some drama that's happening or something or there's sounds or there's you know dinging sounds or lights or pretty images and anyways that that's very depleting there's not really a solution to that honestly and then the next one is comparison. So comparison is like the biggest one, I think, for kids that are a little bit younger. Uh, I think when you're older, you don't compare as much because you just don't really give a crap. But when you're younger, you compare a ton. And I sometimes compare, I focus on kind of why, why am I comparing myself to this person or this career or this, their success in this area or this, their happiness here. And I just, notice when I'm comparing myself and I'm like that's not really gonna get me anywhere because I'm looking at my life my situation my circumstances my problems 
my successes. And that's what I'm going to compare myself to. And I have to just constantly remind myself that. Recently, I'm like a little bit uncomfortable with my, um, I don't know, I don't want to say my face, but kind of my face. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like I get insecure when I see girls that have bigger lips or just something that's very conventionally attractive right now, you know, that there's like a certain face type that's attractive more so than, you know, other face types right now. So whatever the trend is, it's a little bit, I get, you get a little bit in your head about, oh, I wish I looked like that because then I don't even know what would happen. Then what? You would feel good about yourself? Maybe, honestly. But then the trend will change and then you'll have to be conventionally attractive in a different way. So the last thing that I think really depletes people on social media is this very um, competitive. I guess it's similar to comparing, but it's more so going back to clickbaity. It's like the success hungry, like mentality of it's like self-help, but like on steroids. I know that a lot of um, speakers, public speakers, they have to speak very bluntly and very uh, harshly almost to get their point across and to kind of stop thought patterns as they're happening. If people hear the same thing over and over again, they're not going to take you as seriously. So what these speakers do is they speak very um, shockingly and loudly or yeah, just shockingly so that you're like, huh, what do they just say? And you listen to them more and not a good or a bad thing. It just is what it is. That's how they get people's attention. And I like a lot of what some of these types of different speakers say on either political issues or psychology or nutrition and, all, you know, all that kind of stuff. But what I think it does is when you're scrolling and I'm on a lot of self-help TikTok and Instagram stuff. So sometimes when I'm scrolling, it's just like, and I only scroll for maybe... Let's check, actually. Let's see how my screen time is. Four hours on average a day. And I do work for my phone sometimes. Anyways, and whenever I'm scrolling, it's like one self-help thing after another, after another, after another. And it's just so many. One right after another of different types of like really intense self-help things that your brain goes into one thing and then it hears something else and you, you go into a completely different world and then it goes this way and that way and this way and that way. And you get so confused as to like, oh my gosh, what is my next step? And it's like a uh, fake way that you feel like you're doing something with your life when really you're not actually doing anything that they're saying probably, you're just listening. And so that's one step of like the hundreds of steps that come from listening to self-help things and motivational speakers, people who, I don't know. So I think kind of taking a step back and just in your own energy, like in your own space, just being like, what do I actually want to focus on and work on the most? And then purposefully seek out that instead of just letting it um, bombard you, I guess, if you're sensitive to that. Unless you don't really care and you just are chilling and you can take in all that information. I personally get super overwhelmed with information when I'm consuming a lot. So consume less, create more, 
classic. Also, I was thinking about this the other day, which I don't know how worth it it is to mention this, but I was realizing sometimes when I'm listening to speakers on Instagram or TikTok or their motivational speakers, or a lot of the times they're men and they're always giving advice about very, like very intense. It's usually like work out, you know, go run, um, all of these things that are helpful to both male and female, but I'm like, there is just a different energy that I connect with a little bit more when it's a woman talking about self-help because there's just a different angle. I think that men and women should take men and women take on self-help and what that looks like because it doesn't look that different. I just think for me personally, when I listen to only males talk about self-help, there's just like a little bit of a disconnect for me. A lot of what they're saying, I still 100% love, agree with, will do. But then there's another part that I'm like, um, I don't, I just, this is, I just like realized that I was talking to myself and I have my computer pulled up to a video of me talking. And that was a weird moment. I feel very uh, confused right now. So I'm going to shut that down so I don't look at myself anymore. Cause then I just feel weird that I'm talking alone in my apartment. And yeah, there's like a little bit of a disconnect. And I think it's just because, like I said, when we're just different, men and women are just freaking different. And the way that our brains work, the way that our emotions work, the way that we process things are very, very different. The way that we, that we compartmentalize or the lack of compartmentalizing is very different. So I think if you're listening to, <laughs> maybe this is horrible to say, but I really don't even care. If you are listening to a lot of male motivational speakers, throw some women in there too that you that you actually see their life and you're like, I really, I like that. I like what they're doing. I like who they are. And you want to understand them more, understand how they got there, where they've come from. Listen to a little bit more female speakers. And if you're a male, you probably don't have to find more male speakers. There are plenty out there. And there's plenty of women too, but I feel like on social media, I just only see really a lot of men being pushed on like motivational speaking and stuff like that. So I think sometimes it's depleting for me when I just hear men and, you know, they just process things differently. And I sometimes disagree with what they say. And sometimes I agree, but it's just nice to hear a woman's perspective on emotions and their routines, what they do, what helps them actually, you know, be successful and, it's just different. It's just different. Those are the reasons. So, so that's what I had really on the top of my head and what I had listed out about things that, um, I think why it can be depleting. And I think the last thing isn't why it's can be depleting. I think it's just something that maybe uh, that I need to do. I just feel like we need to all have a serious, good look at ourselves in the mirror and say, why what do I use social media for? Is it just because everyone else is using it? If so, not a terrible reason. If there's still an intention there, if it's like, I just want to connect with people. Okay. If you want to connect with people, then maybe you can try to find a community that you can connect to of artists, of people who have, like for me, it's like people who have OCD, who can I connect to with? But don't just have social media be the connection. Maybe try to set something up and meet them or call them or join a support group or do something that's actually starts to form meaningful connections in real life. Because 
I told this to Chelsea and she mentioned it on her podcast, which I always like a baller when she she makes me sound like a, a genius on there sometimes, which I don't mind. Oh, and I had told her that social media for me feels more like a bridge to connection. And but social media itself, the reason it feels so intense sometimes is because it's like you go on it and it's like being it's like watching 50 different movies at once that are 50 different colors, 50 different themes, 50 different ideas, psychological issues, all of these like po- po- politics, sad, happy. It's like you're just getting all of these things thrown at you from all different angles on the Internet. And it's so overwhelming. And I don't think that it's the most efficient way that we can spend our life being exhausted at the end of the day from things that have nothing to do with our actual real life with the people in our lives so that's why I think social media is just like a gateway to connection not actual connection itself um so if you have social media and you use it then I think to be very intentional with why you have it what you're using it for and don't let it consume you just don't let it consume you. There's like this energy that everyone's trying that some people are trying to chase and it's just you'll never get to that end that your brain is telling you you can get to with social media. It's like you're never going to scroll the I don't know. It's just don't waste too much time on there because I do think it can be valuable, but I also do think it can be so incredibly damaging and wasteful of someone who can create more than they're consuming because I don't know. I genuinely just feel like people have so much to offer and it doesn't have to be online. I think that's what I want for my podcast. This is just cozy. We're chilling. We're not racing to get anywhere. There's not like a quick, easy fix to anything in life like the internet tries to tell you. It's a long freaking process and there's small things, small mindset shifts we can take, but in the end it's like eh, just go live your life you know just try to go back to the days where the internet was an escape from reality you know instead of reality and escape from the internet yeah I think I saw a video that said that wow I talked longer than I thought I would about that um okay let's do a dear Abby dear Abby I have to break up with my best friend every time I think about her I'm pissed off been friends for nine years which is middle school high school and college and I could list out all the reasons I don't want to be her friend anymore but the bottom line is that I felt like I've been putting up with her for the past at least seven out of nine years oh, of our friendship this is literally making me sad it's time to move on how do I do this we were a trio in high school and our third friend is still my best friend in the world in the past couple of years I've asked for a lot of reassurance from both of these friends how do I go from begging her to be my friend unconditionally to ending it? Is an official, formal friendship breakup ever warranted? It always feels silly. Help. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. Oh, I feel very sad. Wow. 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 I'm honestly, that's the first question that I've gotten that has actually shocked me because it was so, (laughs) so blunt. You are very blunt. So what the question specifically was, um, 
Like, how do you do it? And is it even warranted to do a complete breakup? That's a good question because I honestly don't know. I don't actually think that it is. Oh my gosh, that's making me sick to my stomach. I cannot imagine doing that, honestly. This is something that I've never done. I've never had to do. My friends, when they didn't want to be my friends anymore, this was so long ago. They just like basically just dropped me off somewhere, didn't really care. And then they just never talked to me again. I feel like they ghosted, which could be your move. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't want my advice to, be to ghost her. I don't know. I need so much more context because either you, you are being so rash or if this is something that you've been thinking about for a long time and you just feel bad. But also, like, what does she do that makes you mad? Because it's not unconditional, obviously. I think a conversation is definitely warranted. There's a point where you're too, you're too honest. And if there's not really a reason other than you just don't want to be her friend, you don't need to have a conversation that's long and whatever because it's kind of a mean thing to do in general to break up with someone. That, you know, I'm thinking of if I'm putting myself in both positions that if I was you and there's a friend that I just wanted to break up with, I think I would just slowly phase them out of my life and never really say anything or bring it up. I think it's just a mutual thing. There's not a lot of context as to why that you feel like you need to do just a complete cutoff. My suggestion would be slowly you can kind of die down the relationship if there's not a good reason why, but if this girl has hurt you a bunch, if she's not really a good friend to you, um, she doesn't support you, she's, you know, mean behind your back or toxic, like actually toxic, not just like offends you sometimes because every single one of my friends offend me if I want to take offense to it. But the actual meaning of the word toxic, going back to the roots of, you know, People who are purposefully trying to make you feel crazy, purposefully trying to make your life worse consistently, then I think a conversation should be had of just like, hey, you did this, 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 and this. You've always done this. I understand it may not have been your intention to hurt me or to make me feel this way, but this is how when you do this, this is how it makes me feel. And I don't want to be around someone that constantly makes me feel like what like bad or insecure and whatever so I need so much more context but though that's my that's my two cents in that so I guess if there's no reason you can slowly phase it out and just literally kind of ghost them in a way which might sound horrible but if there's if it's more like you just don't like her there's there's not like a good reason why you should ever dump a friend if that's the case so I think just phasing it out is probably the best or if she does something specifically if she's specifically trying to make your life worse and it's just a bad friend to the actual definition then have a conversation and be like so I'm done that was today's episode thank you for listening I am so excited because when I move into my next place I'll have the lights again like this just the LED lights and I'm so excited because I missed the ambiance of the lights behind me it added a special something and I need that special something back I don't have a ton more Dear Abby submissions so if you have a question or just anything 
advice-wise, question-wise, random, deep, not deep, fun, funny, hit up the Dear Abby hotline. The number is nine something, something, something. Find it in the description below. Find me on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Just so you guys know, I always do a video for my podcast on YouTube. Uh, nothing crazy. I'm just ch sitting here chilling and talking to the camera. So if you're ever curious, yeah, I guess check that out. But I don't actually really care where you listen. So go like and subscribe. Go leave me a five-star raving review um, on Apple or Spotify. And I always leave, I have like a little question on Spotify that I can pin some of the answers to. And I, I just mostly ask, what did you think of this episode? So if you see that, if you're on Spotify after the episode, answer it, tell me the honest truth. Yeah. I hope you guys have a good rest of your freaking Thursday. I didn't even say happy Thursday, you guys. Oh my gosh. I'm such a freaking B word. Happy Thursday. And I hope everyone had a great Memorial Day weekend. I feel like I'm starting the podcast over again. But I hope everyone had a good long weekend. For me personally, I was really sleepy. So I feel like this weekend's going to be a sleepy weekend too. Actually, no, because I'm going to be with my family. So it will not be sleepy, unfortunately, at all. You know what I say, you guys? Take yourself out this weekend. Do something fun. Celebrate that it's almost summer. Well, it pretty much is summer. Most people are out of school. Colleges have, you know, a lot of my friends graduated. Not a lot of my friends, literally one. <laughs> I had one friend graduate just barely. Um, I don't know why I said a lot of my friends. It's just one friend graduated. But so school's out. School's out for summer. School's out forever. Yeah, go hit up um, a nice coffee shop in the morning on Saturday or go get a nice, you know, drink. Or I guess for me and people that don't drink alcohol, mocktails, get dressed up, go to the beach, go to a pool, go get a swimsuit if you don't have one. Yeah, I hope you guys have a good weekend. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Abby. I love you all so, 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 so much. And that's, yeah, that's where I'm at today. Thanks for listening. Love you. Bye. Oh, hey, John, take in a ride to John Adley. Don't you bum and so good, oh, guy, I'll tell Chaja. I'm a gin, papa. Kiss all lay in back on a saram dirt.